Welcome to God's Toolbox, the Bible. Here we connect the dots between God's Word and your real life experiences, challenges, and successes. Join us as we all get closer to living out God's purposes and His abundant life designed just for us. God bless you. Father God, we thank you so much for this opportunity. Even with the setbacks and the pitfalls, Lord, you made it possible for us to come together today for our noonday service so that we can worship you and that we can learn from you and that we can be empowered by your word. We thank you. We praise you. We give you all honor, glory, and praise for this holy week. And Lord, we ask right now that you would be with those among us that need you for special reasons. We pray for the small family and their bereavement. We pray for Deborah Casey and her family and her bereavement, their bereavement. We pray for Sister Carolyn Cohen that she might heal and be fully restored. And also Sister Mildred Purnell. We thank you for all those that are with us today, all the families that are represented, and all those that need you in a special way, but I didn't know to call their name today. We ask your Holy Spirit to come into this place to teach us, to guide us, to move us forward. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Today, let's look... um, to chapter 1 Kings chapter 19 and I'm going to be reading the first four verses of 1 Kings chapter 19. I'm going to ask if you will, if you guys can mute yourselves because for some reason it's not allowing me to do it. So if you're on, if you will mute yourself. I would appreciate it. So, 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 1 through 4. And it says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die and said, It is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. So our subject today for this noonday service is faith for the hard things. 
faith for the hard things. Elijah is a biblical hero. No one else in the Bible had his audacity. Had he spoke to Ahab in uh, how he spoke to Ahab in 1 Kings chapter 17, saying that it wouldn't rain until he said it would rain. Wow, that's awesome. Elijah revived the widow's dead son. He showed the Lord's power and strength on Mount Carmel. He slew the prophets of Baal, the idol, 450 prophets of Baal. And in fact, in the New Testament, in James chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, it talks about Elijah. Imagine that New Testament talking about Elijah in verses chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. It says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Wow. Elijah was used as an example of the prayers of a righteous man having much power. He was a powerful man. So much so that in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 11, it says that Elijah was taken up to heaven by a whirlwind. He didn't even have to die. He was a great man. So what made Elijah great? Was it that he was tall and masculine? What, what about maybe he had a very, very white voice? You know, very white, deep, and commanding. Perhaps it was his boldness that he would dare stand up to a king and declare that he could control the rain. Or that he could command fire to come down from heaven like he did on Mount Carmel. But really, it wasn't any of those things. It was simply his faith in God for the hard things. His faith in God. Faith. We need it to please God. Without it, it is impossible to please him. Why? Because faith shows that we believe God. We have an awareness and an understanding that he rewards us in our seeking after him. Look at Abraham who waited for years. Some of us have been waiting a few years for something. What if God waited until we were 99 to give us what we wanted? Could you still trust him? Abraham had waited until he was a real old man, till his plumbing had shriveled up and died. 
But God revived even that. <laughs> and you thought Viagra was a modern invention. Abraham had Isaac, and then God asked him to do a hard thing. After he had waited all that time, you would think that was hard enough. Finally, he got a son, and he was enjoying life with his son. And then God says to him, sacrifice him. Give him up for me. Show me, Abraham, that I am your all in all. That I am your strength, strength like no other. And you know what? Abraham was going to do it. But God said at the last second, wait, Abraham. There's a ram in the bush. Sacrifice it instead. You have proven your faith. Don't believe me? Read it for yourself in Genesis chapter 22. Because as a parent, I always read that and I wonder what went through Abraham's mind when he was about to sacrifice his only son. But you know, God sacrificed his only son for us. We're talking about faith here, faith for the hard things. And truth be told, that's the only time we really do need faith. We only need it for the hard things because if you can do it by yourself, you can buy it with your own funds. You can make, make it happen in your own ingenuity, in your own prowess. You don't need faith because in that moment, you think you don't need God. And whenever we abandon God, whenever we lose our faith or leave it behind or abandon it, or for whatever reason, we don't pick up our faith, that's when we get lost. David was king. He didn't need to ask God for Bathsheba. He just took her. Haman was the king's right-hand man. He didn't need God's permission to build gallows to hang Negroes on, I mean, hang Jews on. He just did it. Nebuchadnezzar bragged about all he had accomplished. He didn't call God's name or give God credit. None of these instances shows even a mustard seed worth of faith, but they all end badly. David and Bathsheba set off a domino effect of trouble after trouble. Haman was hanged on the very gallows that he built for himself. He built himself for others. He was hanged on them. Nebuchadnezzar spent seven long years out of his mind, completely crazy, for without faith, it is impossible to please God. You see, God may allow us to do some things, but the truth is without him, we can do nothing. The key word is allows. 
He allows us to do some things without recognition of him, but that only goes so far and often it ends terribly wrong. Those powerful episodes of strength that Elijah displayed were all possible because of the great faith in God that he had. When Elijah forgot to rely on faith in God, he fell into that trap of no faith, no power. Jezebel threatened him and he ran for his life, scared, slap out of his mind. Who knows why Jezebel, of all people, scared him so much that he forgot his faith in God? I don't know. But what scares you? What scares me is probably different from what scares you. We all need faith for something hard that's hard for us. We need it. So what do we learn about faith in this sermon? Three things. First of all, faith is not about what we can do, but it's about what God can accomplish through us. On my swim journey, the very first time I went to the deep end and my coach said to me to let go of the wall and float, I was like Elijah, scared slap out of my mind. And my coach said, get your mind right. You can do this. It's just water. The same water that's on the shallow end. She said swimming and being safe in the water is 80% mental and 20% physical. The 80% mental is about becoming one with the water, with something God made. Taking command of it knowing how to maneuver without panicking, how to get air and remain calm. Didn't God give us dominion over all things? That includes water. Well, for me, I had to get that mental space, that fearfulness out of my mind and remember God. He can do all things. And I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And so in that scary moment on the deep end, before I let go of the wall, I asked God, Lord, do you have me? And in that moment, I clearly felt God say, we got you. Not even I got you, but we got you. The Trinity, the triune God, Father, Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. We got you, girl. Believe. We're surrounding you. I let go and floated for a few seconds on the water in the deep end of the pool. That was me having faith for the hard thing. I don't know what the hard thing is for you, what you're trying to do, 
but you absolutely must let God in. You must believe him for it. So faith for the hard thing is first, not about what you can do alone, but, a what, but about what God can do through you. The second thing is belief versus unbelief. Matthew 17 t- tells us the story about the disciples who were unable to cast the demon out of a young boy. So the father of the boy took him to Jesus and he said, I took him to your disciples, but they couldn't help me. And so Jesus quickly rebuked the demon and healed the boy. And later the disciples asked him, why couldn't we do it? He says it was because of your unbelief. If you would have faith just the size of a mustard seed, you would be able to move mountains. That's what God says to us. We have to have faith. And then the third thing goes a little bit further because Jesus said for some of these things, it takes fasting and prayer. Sometimes we have to fast and pray because that's how we get our mind right to have the faith that we need. We're so distracted and we're so much listening to the world and to the voices that are inside our head and that come from other people, that we have to fast and pray and get that out of us so that we can be committed, so that we can say like Isaiah in chapter 50, verse 7, I'm going to set my face like flint and I know I shall not be ashamed. So today we're talking about Faith for the hard thing. What is the hard thing you're asking God for? Just know that you must have faith for it. By allowing God to work through you, believing, fasting, praying, and knowing that God has your back. God bless you. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for all that you've shown us. For the lives in the Bible of the real people like us that show us ourselves and help us to move forward. We thank you, Lord, for who you are, for what you did all those years ago during this time of Holy Week, the service, Jesus, that you gave us. We thank you that you gave your life for us. And now if we just but believe, believe in you and know that we can do nothing without you and know that without faith, we can't please you, can't please you, God. Help us in our unbelief. Strengthen us. Give us the courage that we need to step out in faith. These things we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I thank you all so much. I don't want to hold you any longer. 
I appreciate you waiting today for coming back, some of you. And um, I am going to send the sermon out so you may get it again. Thank you. Know that I love you and I hope that we have taken care of the uh, technical issues. Hopefully by next Wednesday, everything will be back to normal. Have a great rest of your week and a very happy and blessed Resurrection Sunday. I'm going to repeat our benediction and then we can enjoy the rest of our day. To know him and the power of his suffering. To be like him, the power of his resurrection. To be like him in suffering and to be like him in death. I thank you, Lord. Even in the midst of all this, you allowed us to have our noonday service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, everybody. Amen. Bye-bye. <sighs>